in a game that came down to the wire. The Cardinals lose 25-24 Sunday to the Los Angeles Chargers after a successful two-point conversion that left just 15 seconds on the clock for the Arizona Cardinals, who are now 4-8. Welcome into Morning Scramble. We're going to find a way to uh, make sure everyone is up and awake that is watching this live with us on at AZ Cardinals on our Twitter account here. Q McCorvey, Jody Jackson, I'm Danny Sarek. It was a rough one. It's I feel like the vibes are pretty down today, although like we're pretty much the first ones in the building today. <laughs> the Cardinals had it and they lost it. Yeah, this one was definitely a must win situation to kind of keep playoff hopes alive. And it looked very promising uh, up until the fourth quarter. I mean, it was exciting defense making plays, offense making plays, but it was a must win. And it came down to the, like you said, the last second. It was it was tough to take. I mean, because as Kyler Murray said after the game, I mean, he felt like they were going to win that game. Just the way that they had energy coming out, they moved the ball. I thought the first drive, I mean, obviously Connor's fumble stopped that first one, but the first um, the, the next drive, and even, even before that fumble, if they don't fumble the ball there, I, I felt confident they were going down to score. I mean, they could do nothing wrong in those first few, even though there were a few impro- you know, improvisational moments. It felt very scripted. It felt very decisive. I thought um, the, the drive that ended with the Hopkins TD was the best of the season. And then you get to the end of the game, and you know, I guess I, there was just a little bit of doubt creeping in as the game went on because I thought this team, the one thing that they struggle with is going the entire four quarters, right? Like putting out, and that's, that's in the NFL. You're, you're flipping, you're flopping, it's a roller coaster. But I was hoping they were going to finish as strong as they started, and, and they didn't. The, the last three possessions, you know, not only did they only gain 16 yards, but they were each under two minutes long, the longest being 145, the shortest being 31 seconds. Didn't kill clock when you had to. It was it was just gut-wrenching to watch it slip away, Danny. I said the same thing because Q and I go down to the field the last couple minutes of the game, and when we were standing there and there were 15 seconds on the clock, I said to Q, last year, like, the Murray magic, like, I would have had no doubt that the Cardinals would have at least given themselves a true chance. And with the exception of the Vegas game, it just feels like that hasn't been there. And I don't know if that's execution or confidence or whatever it is, it just feels different as a whole. It's that pit in your stomach just telling you, let's not get your hopes up too high. Like, we just knew something was going to happen. Like you said, I mean, we went down there and we saw three different, four different possessions in the last five minutes from our offense, not just not being able to run clock out. It's, it's, it hurts. It hurts and it's disappointing. <laughs> and, and I think the thing you touched on there, you're right, because the Murray magic has been real and even when. Kyler was fresh into this league, even though there were so many struggles with this team, um, both on offense and on defense. I felt like somehow in the last year, there's been a regression, you know, and I I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. It's it's not, I don't think it's lack of confidence. Um, I mean, there are, I know all the weapons haven't been together, and that's another thing that kind of bothers me. A few things bothering me this morning. Got to get them off my chest here. You know, is that, again, there was a lot of hype about getting D-Hop and Hollywood together. You know, yes, Zach Ertz is out. Yes, Rondell Moore is out. Why? Every team has injuries. Why can we, are we still talking about, you know, everyone has to be together? There are enough guys on this team that can make plays. And Greg Dorch. I, I don't want to dismiss that, and yet... You know, there were plenty of weapons out there. And we saw Robbie Anderson get a little involved. We saw Trey McBride get a little involved. You could see that there's some growing pains there, one because he's new to the league, one because he's new to the team. It's not easy, but 
the excuses have to be gone. And James Conner had a great game, you guys. This is what we've been waiting for from yeah. James Conner, right? Yeah. Let, let's get into our main dish. We're going to start. We're going to go in more in depth with the offense because it was a hot start despite, you know, that fumble early on. I mean, those first three plays, the first one, first down to Hollywood Brown. Second one, James Conner with a big run, another first down. And even though they fumbled on that first possession, they came back and they scored. And the Cardinals at one point had a 10 nothing lead. It was the first game with DeAndre Hopkins out there with Hollywood Brown, who had missed five games with a foot injury. Kyler Murray returned after missing two games with a hamstring. What positives can you take away from the offense's performance, Q? Because up until the end, I mean, really the first half, yeah. though, they they dominated. Yeah, definitely those first three quarters, the offense was moving. Every single drive, you were very confident in. And like you said, even the play that James Conner fumbled on was another big run by James Conner. So it's just... I think everyone's kind of thinking the same thing. If it's not broke, broke don't yeah. fix it. I mean, in the fourth quarter, like we were running the ball very dominantly. We were spreading the ball out. I mean, we had eight different receivers with a reception this week. So, I mean, we were spreading the ball out, had the fluid offense, and everything was open. We are still missing that big play, the big yeah. explosive plays downfield. And we have the people for that. We had, I mean, yesterday, yeah, we were out Rondale and Greg Dorch, but Hollywood Brown. Robbie Anderson, DeAndre Hopkins, why are we still not finding that? I think big even with Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch, those are the three players that you would want to go downfield with anyway. Yeah. 100%. I, I find it mystifying some of the throws for Kyler. You know, as good as he was on certain plays, other plays just I, I, mystifying is, is the question, right? He, When you overthrow Hollywood Brown and it, the ball's out of bounds and not even close, not even giving him a chance. Um, and then, you know, those even those just the last two plays, they didn't have much time at the very end, but the one throw, there was absolutely no one around. And so, you know, where the game should be slowing down for him, I, I feel like it's not. And that and that's why that magic isn't happening. That's why those deep throws aren't happening. And, and the deep throw has eluded them all season long, yeah. you know, and that's where that's where that magic comes in, let's face it, because you have to be able to get a chunk play here or there. I mean, this offense doesn't really work unless you do that. No offense in the NFL really works unless you have some semblance of a running game and some effective deep shot, and they usually go hand in hand. I can't think of a single play this season over 45 yards. I don't think we've had one. So that's probably why you can't think of one. I think the biggest ones were yards after the catch, right? A couple of those plays. And yeah, it's still not even hitting 40, 45 yards. I mean, do you have had 33 this week and Rondell's had a couple for 30-40, but like we haven't had a big play that you are missing to really, one, kill all motivation that another team has or confidence, or in two, just to kind of open up that short pass that you that we rely on so heavy. And once you don't have that big pass, it's like, all right, well, they're only going to throw short. They're only going to throw towards the line of scrimmage. They're only going to throw a screen. So you're not worried about the deep ball. If you hit one of those to Hollywood, I mean, you're going for the jugular right there, right? Yeah. You're looking to go up by a margin that, you know, by, and now that changes everything at halftime. And I mean, it, it seems when they've done those, or at least attempted, the throws have been underthrown. Yeah. Kyler Murray, we were told by head coach Cliff Kingsbury, the media, that the reason he was missing those two games with his hamstring was they wanted to make sure he was 100% so that when he needed to scramble, he felt confident he could. And he did. He utilized his legs 56 yards on seven carries, a rushing touchdown Sunday. On that scoring drive, he had a scramble for six yards in the first down and a carry for nine and then the touchdown. And that that's what's interesting is in the past, when Kyler Murray has really utilized those legs and he has been one of the top rushers, the Cardinals have been getting the win. 
And not to say that that's the reason they lost, but that has been another factor, another trend this year was that hasn't been enough to get the job done this year. It was one of the more balanced offensive performance of the year, 181 rushing, 185 passing. They established the run quite well. The Cardinals didn't have a single punt in the first half. And then three of the last four possessions, the last being just those last 15 seconds, three three and outs. The effort was there, but the execution just wasn't. Again, going back to the scramble, Kyler wasn't sacked until the last drive of the game. I mean, he was... Kyler's still Kyler when it comes to that pocket presence and being able to get out of the wildest situations and cut left, cut right. So the hamstring looked great. I mean, watching Kyler back up, go through a hole, and still find it, manage to not take a sack and only took that sack when it was on the probably in the worst situation of the game when it was at the one yard line. The but one time you couldn't take a sack. <laughs> one time you couldn't take a sack and he ended up taking <laughs> one. But the hamstring looked good and he was able to get out. So, I mean, I get the whole winning 100% thing, but it did look, didn't look terrible. Let's look at the defense who contained the Chargers in the first half. Jody, where did things fall apart defensively? You know, I mean, really, for me, they fell apart at the very end, at the very last moment, the final drive. You know, Justin Herbert is a hero now for that team. Um, every time I see those colors, I still want to say San Diego for the <laughs> L.A. Chargers. And, uh, and and their head coach, who was much maligned, is now, you know, looking looking good, you know, after some gutsy calls there and, and plays that worked at the very, very end. And so that's why this defense, I think, and I think we're all in agreement, we can hash it out, but I mean... I don't think any of us are putting it on them because, to me, at some point in an NFL game, you know, you stop them throughout consistently in that second half, they're going to make a play or two, and they're going to have a drive, and they're probably going to score. So, you know, you look at you look at that game, and you know, you've given up 17 points to that to that point before that last score. You know, even even 25 points, you know, I mean, you'd like to see less than that. But given the fact that um, this offense, look, it also has to do with the expectation with this team. And everything's been funneled to the offense. The free agent moves, the trades, getting Kyler the weapons he needs, everything, you know, injuries have hurt the O-line. But even on the O-line, they've, you know, it's been a focus of getting the guys you want to be there prior to the season. So... I think it goes back to the mold of this team, which was we're going to outscore people. You know, 25 is not terrible. 17 through three quarters is not is is pretty decent. Really through four quarters. <laughs> and yeah, exactly <laughs> through through four through almost four quarters through almost the entire game. So I, I don't. It just fell apart at the end. And, and then you say to yourself, if Isaiah Simmons has Everett right there at the end and is able to bat that down, or at least you know do something to not have that get completed, the, Car- the Cardinals still win this game. It was the final play, and I think for fans, I think fans were in disbelief, and really everyone was in a little bit of disbelief that, okay, they scored, but now they're going for two, and there was a timeout, there was time to regroup on both sides. You know, I don't think the Cardinals were taken by surprise. They shouldn't have been, and he went to the, he went to Everett there, and, and again, if – as much as Simmons made some big plays, he had some miscues as well. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the on the Carter touchdown if it was Simmons or or um, JT. You know, I, I guess it, it looked like maybe Simmons should have picked him up, obviously. But uh, you know, I never I never say that definitively because I'm not in the film room. I'm not in the in yeah. every uh, meeting prior to the game. But you know, Vance Joseph had to be. We all heard him uh, in in the in the game where he was you know so frustrated on the uh, on the bootlegs and everything and 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 some of those plays that were a killer, 
and that had to be a killer for him because yeah. you just make one play. So I can't put it on the defense. I loved what they did. Um, they only gave up the 65 rushing yards, I believe. 30-plus were from Herbert. And Eckler's a beast. I mean, I give them a lot of credit, this defense. 20 rushing front, yards for Eckler. Yeah, I mean, five ridiculous. carries. They, we shut the run game down. They stopped running the ball, and they really relied heavily well, you on You can't Herbert. ask for much more than that. So yeah. One of the best running backs in the league. I mean, And then, like you said, Isaiah Simmons, you can't really put, like, we don't know what coverage is what. But, I mean, all three scores plus the two-point conversion were all on Isaiah Simmons. So they've really attacked Isaiah, and it's really that, kind of that time where you got to step up and make that last yeah. play uh, after you've been targeted every single score. And they didn't want Adam one more time, and it, it proved to work. The Cardinals had what we thought were two turnovers, which were both overruled. The Trayvon Mullen, the forced fumble, which they gave to the Chargers, and then the Zayvon Collins interception, which that they That didn't said. help either. Those hurt. Yes. <laughs> Those both hurt. I, I really feel like they affected the momentum. Like, they completely deflated the team, which would be a problem yeah. in and of itself. The quarterback pressure was there. Justin Herbert was sacked four times. You guys talked about how the run was stuffed. It was really just lost in the air. They The Cardinals entered Sunday's game giving up the most yards after catch, and the Chargers entered with the third most yards after catch, and the Chargers had 175 in Sunday's game. I mean, again, the numbers bear it out. And again, I didn't name names, but, you know, Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, good pressure there. My J. Um, Sanders. My J. Sanders as well, yeah. Everyone. I mean, they're hurting on the back end with the injuries. We know that. It's been kind of not, again, unexpected from the get-go with this team, uh, with the secondary. But, you know, Marco Wilson made a beautiful play. I mean, I I think they were were doing their best to hold their own and against uh, a Chargers offense that is erratic at times but has shown, you know, that they can be explosive. So, I mean, again... I it's hard to hang this one on them. I'm sure you know the other thing that if we're you know if you really break it down and I noted here, it was a perfect storm of failures at the end because not only do you now you can look at the Cardinals got screwed on the call with Collins, but um, the interception. But you get the 49 yard punt, they get a 19 yard return, tack on five yards with a penalty there. All of a sudden now. You know, they're at the 38-yard line. So that was another thing that was score. kind of a failure yeah. of uh, just a lot of things. And it, and it just shone a brighter light on the inability of the offense to pull away earlier in the game. Right. Again, you know, and I, and I think that because that's the expectation for this 2022 Cardinals team is that the offense is going to outscore people, I think that's why you do have, you know, you hang it on them. And you notice that, yes, these, th- these other things happened in special teams. It was unfortunate. But... Um, shouldn't have been that close yeah I definitely think after that uh fumble we were looking 10 nothing and offense gets the ball back and we can go down and score one more time and really put this game out of reach but then instead you said the defense gets deflated and you take that motivation out of them they got to go back on the field and we get up that give up that first score and make it a 10-7 game and then right afterwards they score another one and makes it 14-10 so it's like at that point the chain of events it's really like a 14 point 17 point swing at least where you think about it that we really just kind of that one call really changed the game and really deflated the defense and I know that there was a missed field goal and you can say oh had you made that you would have won but but the and we've talked about this before when Matt Prater was out and it was Matt Amendola who was the kicker it doesn't come down to just that one play you can't put yourself in a situation where like you look back and you say, oh, if we would just made that, like we would have been fine. And that's why also on the fourth and one, okay, so there's been a lot Oof. of criticism there 
of going, you know, where um, Kyler Murray tried to go there. Because he was stuffed on the third down. Right. And and that's another one where Kyler pulled it. And I he I mean, you look yeah. at Connor James had a wide, chance. James had a wide open lane. James there. had a wide open lane. So sometimes you look at the fourth and one, you have to go back to the third and one. I, I wrote it should have given to Connor. I mean. It's easy to play quarterback here, I know. <laughs> we could all do I realize that, and you are, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, the touchdown was all Kyler Murray uh, there, and so that shows you how dangerous the legs are. But, yeah, I mean, and James Conner, as much as he had, a, you know, had the big game, I would have given it to him more, and I would have given it to him on that play. And then you wouldn't have been in the fourth and one. And then whatever you do in the fourth and one, you know, you could have punted the ball you could have, again, I don't because you had three possessions late in the game. It's hard for me. That's why I didn't. You know, you kind of like okay, they all add up to the loss. Prater missing the field goal, which is you know, it's all always unexpected with him because he's so good. But I haven't um, missed a field goal all year. Yeah, I mean, and forty nine for him. That's yeah, like thirty nine for someone else. In right? post game, Kyler Murray said that schematically they were not in a good place on that fourth down. Well, what you saw was appeared to be an underthrown ball to DeAndre Hopkins, but. You know, there was a debate in my household about he was going to de-hop the entire time, and obviously he said he wasn't. He said it wasn't for hop. It seemed to be for Trey McBride, and then it it wasn't blocked out the way it needed to be. Um, whether that was something the Chargers did, again, it shows a little bit of the, you know, again, maybe... I mean, Trey McBride was targeted a couple times where I definitely would have gone to DeAndre Hopkins, including on one of the last drives on the where Trey uh, was not able to catch that ball down right in the middle where you saw D-Hop was actually open on Kyler's left side. I think you go to D-Hop in those moments, right? But you know, or just James um, Conner, who's one of the best. Short yeah, backs I mean, in this is <laughs> this is this is what it guys. It's the decision making, yeah. right, in those moments for Kyler that I think just has to get better. Despite the 25-24 loss, it was a close one. There were a couple of players or perhaps position groups that still really had good games. So we're going to get into our rise and shine, our player of the game. Q, I'll let you go first. D-Hop. D-Hop will still be D-Hop, and he'll always be D-Hop, and he will always be Hopsational, and he will always (laughs) be the best wide receiver in the league in my eyes right now. Um, D-Hop, I mean... Four receptions, and each one of those receptions was a big reception. I mean, he had his touchdown. Um, he made key plays for Kyler, and then obviously the one-handed catch will probably be, if Justin Jefferson didn't have that catch in uh, that one game a couple weeks ago, D-Hop probably would have had catch of the year. Um, just sticking his hand out and still making the play. I know he didn't wasn't able to make the play on the fourth and one. Ball was underthrown, but D-Hop is still D-Hop and making plays happen, and you just got to get the ball to him more. I mean, yeah. six receptions. And one of those being the fourth and one, and it's like, or six targets, and one of those being the ones that was the fourth and one. It's just, why are we not getting the ball to D Hop? And I mean, I get you don't want to force it to him and force it to him down the field, but I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers at getting open and throwing the ball to him and catching the ball, like we saw that fourth quarter play where he literally just stuck his hand out and the ball was like glued to him. So, I mean, it happened the last home game that we played. Um, D-Hop scores in that first possession, and we go up, and he gets a touchdown. And then he's kind of non-existent the rest of the game. It's just like it might be coverage and how the defenses end up shifting to focus on him more, and we're just not seeing that. But four receptions for DeAndre Hopkins is not enough. Not enough. Yeah. For him, but he's still my. And though, as much as it was a great play, you know, it's kind of it saved an interception. It didn't, you know, it wasn't an explosive play though. I mean, it just showed you his, his hands are ridiculous, he's which still, we've always yes. talked about. 
but yeah, I would have loved to see him get the ball in a couple of those other situations and because he can do so much after the catch, too. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that can really make a lot happen. Jody, what about your rise and shine? So I debated this a little bit, and uh, I felt like, so look, the fourth quarter was not ideal from any standpoint, so I kind of had to, I was looking for, okay, well, I can't go this way because of the fourth quarter, but I'm going to go here anyway, and it's the offensive line, because I really liked what they did for most of the game, blocking for James Conner, pass protecting, and we know the hand that they have been dealt. We did see Max Garcia back in there, but we know about the inexperience and um, just how that group has, what did you say it was, Danny, the eighth combination? Eight starting offensive line combination. Four of the five starters are now on IR after the Cardinals place. Mm-hmm. Left tackle DJ Humphreys on IR late last week with a back. Yeah, and I was disappointed with that because DJ, I didn't know how bad the back was. You know, I was hopeful maybe he could, you know, he could still return, I guess, for the last game. But that's just a big, <coughs> excuse me, a big blow to this team. And I liked what they did. I mean, also, if you watch that first drive, really throughout the game, they were using at times two tight ends. They were um, using a guard and a tight end to pull to both sides. It was effective to the left side a few times or two tight ends. And I I thought that was a really uh, strong play for them. They went to it a few times and they looked much more on the same page. That's kind of like what we talk about with Cliff and Kyler. But for the O-line, I mean, we all know nothing, nothing really can be generated uh, on a consistent basis if those guys are not on the same page. And we know how hard it is, you know, when they're a new group and they're all, you know, all it takes is one guy missing an assignment and blows up a play. So I, there were much less of those in this game. And, and, now, and then I had a little guilt over, well, the D-line was really good, too. So. But I'm, I'm going to the O-line because I know it's been tough. Um, and, you know, and, and Sean Kugler's not here, obviously, and we know what happened with that. And, you know, it's never easy when you have change and flux and personnel and coaching. And I, I thought really, and that was what was encouraging to me, because after what I saw in Mexico City and after all that went down, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know how this team was going to come out. But I really liked what I saw early in the game, and I just wish, I just wish what we saw from the line and from the run game and the offense in general what we saw in the first quarter, I just wish we would have seen a little bit of that in that last, you know, five minutes of the game. Definitely agree. My your rise and shine leads to my rise and shine player of the game, which was running back James Conner. His first hundred yard rushing game as a Cardinal, first in almost two years to hit yeah. that milestone, the tenth time in his career. He was a true bulldozing running back. Those tough runs up the middle, twenty five carries for hundred and twenty yards. One receiving touchdown, Connor averaged 4.8 yards per carry. The Cardinals have had trouble establishing the run, and that's the Chargers' weak spot was stopping the run, and the Cardinals capitalized on that. You touched on Sean Kugler, not just the offensive line coach. He was also the run game coordinator. And just prior, the the loss of Eno Benjamin, who the Mm -hmm. Cardinals released. So there's been a lot of change in that running back's room, and behind James Connor is rookie Keontae Ingram, who, yes, has – played well when his number's been called upon, but he's not that consistent um, one-two punch with James Conner, and then they called up Corey Clement. So it was pretty much all on James Conner and all of the change that has happened in the last two weeks for him to come out, come out after the performance in Mexico City and just have this breakout game, Mm -hmm. I think says a lot about him and his mental toughness and the ability to kind of put the team on his back and physically just dominate in the run game yeah and and people were saying you know how come we didn't see this earlier well that rib injury I mean imagine for those of you out there that have a little cough or a cold and you hurt your rib like he couldn't breathe because of his rib injury 
So, so to then get tackled and punched and, and hit yeah, 20 times. Yeah, and I think yesterday was probably the first day. I, I haven't spoken to him, but, you know, that he was probably feeling his best as time will go on. And coming out of the bye, he'll feel even better, hopefully. Hopefully, assuming everything came out of um, last yesterday's game well. But, you know, that third and four where he just he caught the ball and ran over a couple of dudes, I, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this guy is a bad man and he <laughs> is uh he is fun to watch and it is a little more what we saw last year because that's the James Conner uh that you expect to see and you know he's it's this is football and he wasn't completely healthy and I think he is now so that's a good sign definitely a good sign I mean, JC is going to be JC and he's going to score and I tweeted yesterday this is not a scheduled tweet James Conner is in the end zone like <laughs> he's going to score every week no matter what how he gets in and it was good to see him kind of get in the outside and literally just deflect Cleo Mack like he was nothing and then still be able to catch the ball and get in the end zone was just typical JC that we're used to seeing and it's nice to see him come back and run over people again. Let's wrap it up with bring home the bacon. Q, I'm not I have no I'm not choice talking. but to start with you because no, you have had the same bring home the bacon week after week. Since so week I think one, everyone is wanting 12. to know, is this team going to be okay? No comment. Okay. <laughs> That's your bring home the bacon is no, no comment. comment. No comment. Yikes. Jody? On to Cincinnati. No. Um, I mean, are they going to be okay? I, I mean, I think hopefully you know, we'll all live through this, you know. <laughs> now, you know, um, it doesn't look good for any permutation of a playoff scenario at four and eight. It's not, it's not what anyone expected. At this point, um, there's just so much that has to still get better. I think my easy answer is continue to get better. And I think it does oh – gosh, it's it's on everyone, right? Like I can't just say it's on Kyler. But I think he needs to continue to um, – because he's so explosive when – you know, we've seen this passing game rack up yardage over the last couple of years, even when the team wasn't being successful, you know, 300 yards, 350 yards a game. You know, even, you know, now it's, I feel like even though as good as the first half was, we cling to, oh, well, you know, and, and just the numbers haven't been there and it's got to be better. So um, it's really getting everybody uh, on the same page. I saw a little more, I saw a lot more of that this week. I think it's just continued to get better. And as much as it's, you know, um, when you don't have that playoff prize in front of you, or at least it seems very daunting at this point that it would, you know, it seems nearly impossible. Um, hopefully their motivation is there which I think you're going to maybe get to here in a moment. But, you know, um, getting better has to be number one on everyone. Got to finish strong. Well, I think it's fair to say it doesn't all fall on Kyler Murray when it comes to performance on the field. I do think that it's time for him to step up as the leader, as the franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. They have now paid him and expect him to be. He's more of an introvert. We, we don't need to go into depths about the type of leader he is and how it might differ than some of the other franchise quarterbacks around the league. So there's a chance that Kyler Murray has been more of a leader in the locker room this year. So we might not know that for a fact, but this is absolutely the time that you step up because at this point, you're playing for pride. The Cardinals mathematically have not been eliminated from the playoffs, which is wild at 4-8, but it pretty much feels that way. And I think that's what the team is starting to realize post-game in the locker room players talking about at this point you just have to look in the mirror and figure out how you want to finish you have five opportunities to just finish the season strong and it's not so much about momentum looking ahead into next season you want to be the type of teammate that you would want to play with 
you don't want to be in a locker room next season with sitting next to a player who you know did not give it their all for the sole fact that the playoff hopes were just gone already. You want to be able to sit next to someone and fight and play with someone who you know will give it their all 100%. 100%. Buda Baker's the shining example again. And, um, you know, these guys have to be really gutted if we're being, you know, being really honest here. These guys have to be so disappointed. Four and eight was not what anyone thought they were going to be. And, and that's the one thing is the effort has been there with these guys. I mean, you see it and you see it on their feet. You saw it on their faces yesterday when coming off the field. It's just devastating to be in this spot and they care. They yeah. care a lot. So I think, Danny, you're right. The pride, I think it's going to be there, but I think right now in this bye week is going to be that emotional roller coaster of like saying, all right, you know, just nothing has gone how we wanted it. What do we do now? So It's time yeah. to rejuvenate, relax for the players, for us. On the bye week, Zach Allen in the locker room was saying this one's going to sting a little bit longer for the extra week, but it's time to regroup for the players to rest up their bodies, try and get as healthy as you can for those final five games. We're going to be relaxing and rejuvenating, which means no morning scramble next week, but we will come back Tuesday, December 13th after Monday night football against the Patriots. I'm going to miss you guys next week. I'll miss sure. you too, yeah. We sure? Haven't had a- sure. You know, Victory Monday in a little bit, but maybe it'll be a Victory, victory Tuesday. Tuesday. I'll take a Victory Tuesday. <laughs> That's and the I goal. Hope you guys do rejuvenate. You deserve it. You uh, guys work sure. extremely hard out here every day. And sure. You need a little break, you know? Appreciate it. Well, that's the break that we're going to get. We'll see you guys right here live, AZ Cardinals on Twitter, live streaming Tuesday, December 13th. For Q McCorvey and Jody Jackson, I'm Danny Sarag. Thanks so much for joining us here on Morning Scramble. 